Rightio. Uh, welcome to episode, what am I up to? Episode four of the LT podcast. Um, yeah, another big week, fair few downloads on Spotify and it's been a bit of a hit. So um, I'd like to welcome this week's guest, Ben Gillsby. How are you, Ben? Thanks, mate. How are you? Good, good. Um, how's the week been? Yeah, pretty good. Um, just work and the general life stuff, um, home stuff, dogs, all that sort of jazz. Yeah, standard really, isn't it? I've, uh, I'm up to week three of not working a day, so I'm actually not really complaining too much, but back to reality tonight, and then, yeah, stuck into it next week, another week of holidays, and then starting at Mount, so that should be pretty good, but yeah, having three weeks off, I haven't really complained too much. About ready to pull my hair out because of the kids, <laughs> which is probably standard, but I mean, yeah, apart from that, um, yeah, it's been a pretty solid week, so... Rolled the old ankle in footy yesterday, which probably doesn't help. Uh, ankles are never good. Nah, we had that uh, had that discussion. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't get any easier when you get older either. So, um, so yeah, something I just ask all my guests. Um, obviously, something you're probably very familiar with. Just a bit of gratitude. What are you What are you grateful for, mate? Um, I had a think about this the other day, actually. Um, probably. One thing's probably hard to pick, but I'd probably say pretty much everything at the minute. Yes. From start to where I am. Yep. Probably the whole journey so far. Yep. Yep. Good. Good. Yeah. Learned to be grateful the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. At the peaks or the troughs. Yeah. Yeah. The gratitude thing's um, something I've only sort of just started doing. Mm. Um, Chanel did buy me a diary, but I'm useless with that sort of shit. But. I, it's only probably the last yeah sort of eighteen months I guess that I've actually been mindful of it. Mm. Um, probably something I'm grateful for in this week. Probably is my kids and Chanel. I mean that's like an all all time thing, but um, especially being at home and, and not working, um, yeah. you could probably quite easily pull your hair out. But I've obviously been pretty busy with with those two while Chanel's been at the theatre, which you probably haven't seen much of tomorrow the last week either. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely, definitely grateful for the boys. They've kept me uh, definitely kept me busy enough over the last five or six days. It was good to actually have a bit of a spell from them, if I can be honest with you. But uh, <laughs> I've got a few questions that have been asked uh, on the Insta page. A couple, probably, obviously, you won't be able to answer. A couple are a little bit funny. Um, so I've got my first one was which mate is the biggest pest in the pub? Which we can probably. We can probably actually both nail this a little bit, I reckon. Like, from my point of view, working in a pub, I've probably got a, a few, and you've got a few that you make to just a pest on the piss. So my biggest, or my mate that's the biggest pest would have to be probably, it's going to be a little bit left field, I think, but uh, probably Paige Carter, Paige Primer. Um, she just annoys the piss out of me. And... Probably knows that she can get away with it. So I think probably, yeah, she's probably my biggest pest, I think. And it was actually her, um, one of her oh, in-laws, I guess, I don't even know what he is to her, but that asked the question. So um, yeah, probably Paige, I reckon. Which one of your mates is the biggest pest? Well, <clears throat> I reckon probably if you go back 10 years ago, it probably would have been me. Yep. I would have been the one that got a guts full of alcohol and decided to go do something stupid. I was yep. always the one doing something stupid. I was never, I was harmless, but yeah, I was always the one doing something stupid. Yeah, you and me both. So I was probably, yeah, the pest, I'd say. Yeah. But now, oh, I'm going to throw my wife under the bus. Yeah, that's fair. When she when she gets a few too many wines, she she can become a pest and get really stubborn. So yeah. I'll throw yeah. her under yeah. the bus. Yeah. Nah, happy with that. <laughs> We're not going to edit that one out. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, my next one is... Uh, how was my mental health adding kids into the mix? Um, obviously, being 25 when Louis was born, um, I was sort of just floating through life, I guess. Um, it probably straightened me out more than anything. Um, I actually took the news better than what Chanel did when she found out she was pregnant. Um, I got home from work and she had you know, the pregnancy test and stuff laying on the... Laying on the bed, and she goes, oh, I'll come in, and I sort of was like, 
fuck. I did a lap of the house, come back, I said, right, it's happening. And then I said, how do you feel about it? And she freaked out. So um, adding, adding kids into it, obviously, is always going to be hard, uh, regardless of where your mental state's at. But I think overall for my mental health, it's been an absolute blessing having kids because um, it sort of just it straightens your life out, I guess. It gives you a bit of purpose, um, especially, as you know, your early 20s and you're floating through and you're... Mm. You don't really know what's going to happen in the next five to ten years, but when something like that happens, obviously, um, yeah, like I said, it straightens you out pretty quick. So, um, my next question is actually a cricket question uh, from Mondo from the Bay. He said, "How elite was a D grade cricket ten years ago, and would an all star team beat a Barber Shield team?" Well, the D grade back when we were playing D grade was actually pretty elite. It was sort of just that grade where blokes didn't want to play any higher because you only have things. to. You only have to play uh, 35 overs and you can have a beer while you're playing and all the rest of it. But we actually had a fair collection of talent, I guess, like boys from Allendale. Um, there was a few of us from Tarpena. Uh, used to roll the arm over against uh, Jezza Cameron as well before he went off to play AFL. So that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big name to throw there. And he's pretty handy too. He's just one of those guys that... Good at everything he does. Yeah, absolute prick. And <laughs> I used to be pretty quick bowling, but he just used to slap me over the park. So... I think probably back 10 years ago, I think everyone that we sort of played against went on to play A-grade cricket. So I guess it's probably one of those things where I think they probably could have pushed a barbershield team if we actually gave a red-hot crack. But, um, yeah, I think yeah, I think we would have probably beat a barbershield team. That's probably a big thing to throw out there. But um, So this one here, you can probably help me answer as well to an extent, obviously. Uh, going from party boy to dad mode, how has it changed, good and bad? So... Obviously, yeah, you, your side of things is how do we go from party boy to growing up, you know what I mean? For me, um, from party boy to, I guess, dad mode, yeah. settled, settled down. Growing up, yeah. <clears throat> um, it was part of, I guess, my mental health journey as well, but I don't know, I just, I think I realised I was probably taken over a bit, and so I started backing off a bit. Um, I got back, I was doing sport at the time, so I guess that helped a bit. I concentrated more on that than going out on the, on the town. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it gets to a point though when you just you just get older and you don't want to do it anymore. Like yeah. Now at 32, I'd, by midnight I'm ready to go yeah, to bed. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to drink any nah. more than a couple, I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah, love a sleep, love a sleep, <laughs> that's for sure. I think um, I was probably, Early 20s, obviously, we're both the same, but going on 21, 22, sort of 23, I was full party mode. But by 24, 25, I was actually like, you know, I was obviously two or three years into the pub, mm. um, you know, rarely getting a Saturday off, um, you know, or working a Sunday where you don't want to wake up feeling like shit. Yeah. I think the adjustment, if it probably happened at 21 or 22, I would have been in deep shit. Um, but sort of by 25, I was pretty over it and I didn't really have the chance anyway to go out like I used to and party like I used to, which I'm not really complaining about because obviously... You think having kids probably changes your perspective on Oh, things. absolutely. And even now, though, like, you can obviously still go out and have fun and do what you have to do, but you just have to, you know... Especially when they're a baby, you have to get up and wipe their ass at three in the morning. <laughs> You're not going to be out till all else. So I think, um, you know... The, the good side of it is, and I mentioned before, it just straightens you out. And obviously you get to an age where you just, you, your perspective changes and what you want to do changes. And obviously, you know, it's not that you don't want to spend time with your partner or whatever, but you actually just want to stay home. Yeah. Um, when you work, you know, and you, you work flat out, um, always got a million things on the go. Mm. Same as tomorrow, obviously, you've got a million things on the go. Like, spending that time at home is just important. Yeah, we, um, we don't really, like, see each other for a long period of time mm. after each day it's yep. you know a couple of hours but then that sort of makes the weekends even better because then you spend a bit more time together yeah. and you got more time you want to be home yeah yeah so it's good and i think that's yeah i think that's like and i like the bad part of it i don't think there's any bad to it i think you know the only the only bad thing going from sort of party mode to grow up mode is you actually have to get up on a sunday and do something <laughs> yeah whereas when you're early 20s it's kind of, it's kind of good though because you feel productive oh absolutely yeah yeah early 20s and teens you just lay in bed and feel like a sack of shit but <laughs> when you actually have you know you're at that age where you might have to get up and mow the lawns or you get up and yeah. wipe an ass or you have to get up and let the dogs out or whatever it is you just yeah i don't i don't think there's too much negative towards it 
Um, and then this one, obviously, will probably lead into where we're going with you, Benny, but uh, how often during the past few months have you felt as though your moods or your life were under your control? Which I've read that. Um, that popped through just after my episode last week, actually, and I, was, I read it. Um, and it was by Braden Frost, actually, who sent that through, and I actually was like, shit. You know what I mean? I'm actually glad I had a week to think about it. Because, mm. uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty solid questions. So start with yourself. How often do you think? Probably, you know, I, I, I can go from the start of the year. Yeah. Start um, of the year, like, how often do you reckon you're in control? From the start of the year to now, I think I'm probably more in control than I was. But still, like, you have weeks where... Well, I have weeks where yeah. um, it can be the smallest inconvenience or it could be, you know, something really gone wrong, whether it be a family issue or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, can just trigger things like yeah. that. Um, for me, uh, I really struggle to control emotions. It's probably my biggest thing yeah. at the moment. Um, you know, whether it's like something goes wrong at work, and yeah. you, get, you, you know, you get angry really quick or... Um, yeah, some days you're just having a flat day and it yep. can be the, the smallest inconvenience and you just feel flat the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, yep. I struggle with that myself yep. a bit, actually. Yeah. I think, yeah, especially start of the year, like I've had, especially over the last probably month, obviously with work-related stuff, I've had a fair bit of shit going on. Mm-hmm. And I've probably found that I, over the last month, I was more in control of my life and my emotions because of the way I handled uh, the whole pub situation with... Mm obviously the phone call and everything on that Saturday night and then having to just make that decision to say, fuck it, and yeah. I'm out. Uh, and like literally that week, I went to the gym 11 times. Yeah. So I went morning and night, five days, and then went on the Saturday morning as well. And I think if that was probably six months ago, yeah. you know, I was probably... Sat in the heat. Yeah, yeah, I would have been at home, just been a sad sack and given Chanel the shits, I think. So I think... Yeah, over the last month especially, uh, I've been probably very in control, uh, which is pretty big, uh, considering obviously yeah, what's going on. But uh, there have been times over the last six months, especially with uh, Swing of the Stars, which is very much obviously out of my comfort zone. Uh, that, that threw my emotions around a fair bit. Yeah. Uh, obviously triggered the anxiety a fair bit as well. Um, you know, and... I think that that unpredictability and I guess and you're the same you don't like being bad at stuff so the initial uh, the initial probably month of swinging with the stars that threw me out a fair bit um, it's probably the hardest thing like, what's that when you get out of your comfort zone I think that's yeah. one of the hardest things yeah just that adjustment I just battled with a little bit but um, I think yeah I, I think yeah even obviously the last six months you can probably break it up into three month patches or two month patches where I've been alright and then a couple of months of been pretty all over the place. Um, obviously, yeah, being medicated is meant to help that. But when you miss a few days and try and get back on it and all that sort of stuff, you, it throws you around a fair bit. And I, um, yeah, I had a I had a week where I missed a couple, of, missed missed more days when I took my medication and then drank on the weekend and throws it out of whack. Just made dumb decisions. So I think, um, yeah, overall, I'd, I'd like to say I'll probably it's probably fifty fifty. Yeah, my, my thing's probably not weeks at the time, it's just been days. And like you said, it's just something so little can just throw you out the whole day. And then, you know, I was having days at work where the most minor thing would happen and that, that's the end of me. Like, but um, it's definitely something that, yeah, wherever you're at with your mental health, it's just something you have to be so wary of, hey? Yeah. Like, sure. you just, you, and I'm the same. The emotions you don't keep in check very well. Mm. Um, I don't hide it very well on my face either. Like, I probably look more pissed off all the time than any other time. So, um, yeah, that's actually a really good question. Like I said, lucky I had a week to think about it because I, yeah, once I read it, I was a bit like, yeah. okay, yeah. So um, we'll move into your story, Ben, because obviously uh, you sent me a message uh, over Instagram um, and I had to just screenshot your messages because normally I obviously don't find out too much about uh, my guests, but obviously, yeah, you opened up to me uh, via Instagram yeah. message and actually shocked me, um, I guess, and this is a whole 
whole point of the podcast and the whole point of sort of me being so open is, uh, yeah, the people that actually come to me or open up to me, you know, I'm actually, oh, holy shit, never would have picked that. Um, and you were definitely one. Um, obviously, yeah, like Chanel, uh, the message popped up or whatever, and she's like, oh, message and Ben. I was like, yeah. I was like, but yeah, so obviously I didn't really go too much into depth, but um, yeah, you've obviously been on a bit of a bit of a journey, mate, since uh, since you were sixteen. Yeah. Um, you obviously I could read the message out, but I'm not going to because I want it in your words because I think you know obviously via message you can you can write a fair bit, but uh, yeah, start us off. Obviously, yeah, just from when you were you were sixteen and and, yeah. and what the go was. I think it probably started about 16. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was early. I just didn't recognise it. Yep. Um, about that 15, 16 age. Um, you know, it was coming up to a time where I was finishing school. Um, I I hate, always hated school yep. right through. I was always sport focused, so I was never sport. Uh, school was second. Yep. Um, so it was coming to that crunch time of like, what I'm going to do when I'm going to leave school. Um, I, I had plans, um, my own plans of what I wanted to do when I left school. Um, and I had plans that year, I wanted to go race um, world championships over in Europe. Um, I was looking at doing like racing cars when I got out of school. Um, there, was, there was lots of things I think that probably were going on during that, that time. But yeah, like I said, I think it probably maybe started a bit earlier. There's just lots of little things that added up. Yeah. Um, to about that age. Yeah. Um, when did you notice? Like, when did you pinpoint it? At what age did you probably pinpoint it? Probably seventeen. Once my, I was, yeah, I started to talk to a couple of people. Um, when I started realizing that things probably weren't right. Yeah. Um, when I started having. Um, suicidal thoughts and um, just a lot of flat days, more down days than up days, yep. and, and the ups weren't very high. And you know, weekends, Saturday mornings, I just sleep and just not want to do anything. Yeah, um, and that's when I realised something was wrong. Yeah. Um, so, was that? Do you think it started because of school? I don't think it was school. I think. Looking now and, and thinking, especially after messaging you and, and reaching out, I think the more I thought about it, I think it was more so that my plans that I'd had when I finished school didn't happen. Like I'd had this, you know, yeah. big plan yeah. when yeah. I, when had I the finished dream. school, had the dream all set out, and then when it didn't happen, I was like, I didn't really have a backup plan. Yeah. And I was never a kid that excelled or even studied hard at school because yeah. I was always just sort of one track mind of what I was going to do, and when that didn't happen, it sort of all just fell apart. And that was uh, on the bikes, is that right? No, that, that was, was, was go-karts, yeah. Cards. I, I was racing bikes the last few years. Yeah. Um, so I stopped racing, and that was part of the reason why I stopped racing, was yeah. because of my mental health. I just wasn't in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so did. with the cart, the cart dream, obviously it didn't pay off. Um, that, so when did that stop being fun? Um, probably about 16, 17. Yep. Um, when, yeah, it, it started off like all kids doing the sport just for fun and my family had always done it. Um, I felt a little bit of pressure, I guess, as well, because my, my old man was a couple of times Australian champion, so I felt like I, something I had to live up right. to. Yeah. Um, was that brought on to you by him or that no, was, no, that my, was self? No, my parents never, yeah. never put any pressure on me to do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was always just own pressure and I'm still like that today, yeah. no matter what I do, whether it's work or whatever. Yeah, just Very always good. been self-critical and self um, put pressure on myself yep. to do things, even when there's no external yeah. pressure at all. Yeah. Um, so from sixteen, seventeen, the dream hasn't worked. Um, where to from there? You obviously spoke there, to people as well. Um, it was a, there was other things as well, like the typical kid stuff. Yeah. Break up with girlfriend. Yeah. Um, the job I was doing when I left school, I, I didn't really want to do. It was just sort of more of a stopgap. Yeah, stopgap until I figured out what I wanted to do. So that wasn't really helping either. Yeah. Um, and that just kept things like that just kept balling up, snowballing into this big um, mess, I guess. Yeah. And then um, I guess like the suicidal thoughts started, and 
that went on for probably 12 months until I spoke to my mum one day, I think it was, and it was just over coffee, and um, she just asked me how my week was going, and I just, just that was it. yeah, broke down into a mess, and yeah. that's when she said that I should probably go see a doctor and tell them sort of what's going on, yep. and I did, um, and then that's when I got diagnosed with anxiety and depression at roughly 17-ish, I think. Right. So... The suicidal thoughts were for roughly that twelve month. Was did anyone know? No, had you told I'd, anyone? I'd, no, I hadn't or, told anyone. No. Oh. Or had people picked up on it? You know what I mean? Like I mean, I, think I was at a party, um, and I didn't. I never told anyone that I was had these suicidal thoughts, and I actually attempted to take my own life when I was nineteen. That was the first time I tried. Yep. Um, and it was then that one of my friends caught on to what was going on. Yep. He never said anything, but um, yeah, he sort of caught on. Still friends with him now? Uh, no, he fell out of touch a bit. He yep. was in Adelaide now. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's had his own battles as well. Yeah. Um, we try and keep in contact as much as possible, but as all adults do, mate. Yeah. Yeah. He just yeah. sort of, you know, when you move yeah, down, you drift. Yeah. yeah you drift yeah. a bit, but we try and keep in contact. Yeah. Yeah. So we're obviously. With suicidal thoughts, I guess, like I had a little bit of it um, myself. It's just sort of like, this is pretty... But, you know, you drive over for footy training and you like... I don't think it now, but I mm. guess like when I was at peak, it was sort of like, wonder what people would think or wonder what mm. would happen if I literally drove a car into a tree. Yeah, it, mine started like that and then it was like, became... I knew it was a problem when it became when, like when the thoughts would go from being if to when yep. or how. Yep. Um, yep. And then it was like, um, yeah, when it went from when to how, it got really dangerous. Yep. Um, yep. And I knew it was a problem. Yeah. So did you think that, I guess, like when you were just thinking of like, oh, if this and if that, did you think it was like somewhat normal thoughts? Do you think? Like, do you think yeah, it was. Yeah, for me. Um, obviously, it's not normal. It felt, I mean, it, it is felt normal, normal to me. But um, when you're in that headspace, obviously, and. Yeah, we're not saying that it's it is normal or it's not normal. Like yeah. obviously, if you are having those thoughts, definitely go see someone, uh, talk yeah. to someone. But yeah. I guess when you are stuck in that mindset, and twelve months is a long time, mm. it was like a train ride. I just couldn't get off. Basically, yeah. just stuck on this train of thought, and I didn't speak to anyone about it. I didn't talk to anyone um, at that time. Yep. Um, so just... from from opening up to mum. Yep. Where to from there? So from there, I went to doctors, um, got diagnosed with anxiety, depression. They put me on medication. Um, and then from there, I started taking the medication and it really made me feel like a zombie. Yep. Um, and I was working um, a quite a, like a, a hands-on job. Um, yep. And I didn't like didn't like the zombie feeling. Um, felt Didn't feel myself. Yep. Not that I really probably knew at that stage what yeah, I actually what, felt like, yeah. but I just felt out of it all the time. Um, and I actually, one of my family members found my medication um, <laughs> sitting on my bench top one day um, when I just left it there, and they said like, you know, what's what's this? And I told them what's happening. And they said, well, why? Like, why, why do you need that? Like, yeah. what do you got to worry about? What, why do you feel that way? And I got pretty angry about it, and they ended up throwing them in the bin. So it was kind of a, a blessing in disguise. Yep. Um, and from that day, I just worked hard on my own mental strength. Yep. Um, I went and seen a psychiatrist, um, talked about everything. Yep. Um, that yep. helped a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But it more felt like I was just um, talking to someone that was just you know, writing it down and that was it. There was no, there was yeah. no... Yeah, it's... I, I feel like, and they are really good at what they do mm. and they actually do get you to open up, but you're just literally talking to someone that gets paid to be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no real solution. For me, there was no solution or there was no, no cure, I guess. No, nah, no. Nah. And I think, for me personally, like, you open up to people that, you know, that care about you and all that. And mm. I, I think I'll find, you find that more helpful. Mm. Well, I find it more helpful. 
Um, yeah, like I went to a psychiatrist a few times prior to being diagnosed with anxiety depression and I think I just sort of was like, get it over and done with. Um, never went back, like I went a couple of times and sort of spoke about what I had to speak about and that was sort of it. Yeah, um, and obviously it was sort of, I probably compressed that a fair bit uh, up until, yeah, sort of 18 months ago. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, and I've just had it in my own head that this guy's just being paid to be here. Mm. He's just doing a job. Yeah, I, I felt exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, obviously, yeah, the med- meds didn't work. Uh, obviously, myself being medicated, I feel fine. Yeah, they work for some, yeah, for sure. Yeah, which, and I've spoken to, obviously, I mean, you know, mum and dad, they're medicated, mm-hmm. have been for a while. Uh, you know, like Stevie, she's medicated, that was on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So, when that didn't work, where, where'd you go? Like, obviously you said you worked on your own From mental there, strength, but... Um, I, I didn't tell anyone um, about any of my mental health struggles really until about three years ago. Yep. From, from about 17 to late 20s, about yep. 28 or 9. I just didn't say anything to anyone. It was yep. a taboo subject far as I saw it well, wasn't yeah. really spoken about no. um, so who in your circle knew uh, a couple of friends yeah um, obviously the ones that um, yep. found me when I tried to take my own life yeah um, and it was a you know I told them I didn't want them telling anyone yep. I wanted to tell people in my own time yeah um, my now wife knew yep. once I told her um, later on sort of midway through when we started dating yeah um, couple so of friends knew. Tamara's known for a while? Yeah. Yeah. 2013 we met. Um, yeah. It was about probably 2014, probably a year after oh, we yeah. started dating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I, yeah, I, I mean, told her. Yeah, yeah. Um, standard. Yeah, pretty standard. Um, yeah. A couple of friends. Um, my mum, my stepmom knew. Um, never really spoke anything like that with my dad or sort of any, yeah. I guess, blokes. I yeah. A couple of friends. Yeah. Would... You've obviously, you've, I mean, your dad knows about it. Yeah. Uh, how'd he react? I think he was pretty shocked, especially seeing me at 29. Um, the last sort of real bad um, experience I had with it, you know, I was 29. Um, I was finished, or I was working at a, another employment um, place and just really down and out and things weren't going well work wasn't going well and just one day I, I was at work um, and I was working with my dad um, he was in a different sector to me but um, I seen him one day at work and I just burst into tears at work like yep. I had to, had to walk away for an hour and go get myself together and I think that's when it really hit him when yep. yeah, this this wasn't just a yeah. just having a bad day yeah yeah so because how old's your dad my dad's what 61 yeah yeah, so my dad is uh, 55, so only five, six years. And I think, uh, yeah, like, and even yourself only being four years older than me, I feel like even in that four-year age gap, a lot's happened. Mm. Um, where you probably, yeah, you being 17 at school compared to what they're doing now at school. And even I remember being at school and there was sort of not what they have now with yeah. mental health and everything. I think... Yeah, like you, you find that that generational thing is huge. Mm. Where obviously, yeah, my mum and dad are uh, obviously, yeah, diagnosed, medicated, whatever, and they've been really good, mm. really understanding. Um, but you do, you know, and I know guys that are mid 40s that don't believe in mental health, which yeah. is whatever. Like at the end of the day, they've obviously never had to deal with it. Um, probably don't know how to deal with it. Don't think you can really know how to do it until you've done dealt no, with it yourself that's right yeah and I just find that yeah that generational thing is, is huge so yeah. I guess like with yeah that's what I was asking just about your dad because I know that my like personally yeah my dad was so understanding and mm. now checks in and all that sort of stuff but it's pretty big mm. and like yeah like I said you're like you're four or five years older than me obviously your old man's five years older than my old man mm. there's a lot that's happened yeah there's, in between there's, those it's ages, huge but now versus it was like when, when I was growing up, it was a taboo subject. Um, it was, I guess, 
I don't know. I, I perceived it as it was frowned upon. Yeah. And that you were weak-minded and, yeah. you know, you felt really, um, I don't know how to exactly word it, but you just felt really isolated, I yeah. guess. And when you're, like, especially when you're around people, I guess, and you're not, you're growing up, and I think you being so young at 17 and... We all know what we're all like at 17, whether you are male or female, and you mm. just you, you, you hang around with your mates, and you know they're either sporting mates or you go to school with them or whatever. Or they're obviously you know they're the same people, but mm. you just talk shit. Yeah. You just hang out. You just you know you live life and do whatever, I guess. But you were actually going through a lot, mm. and I guess I was never really at school much because um, I was always away racing. Yeah. So all my friends were away, Melbourne, Adelaide. Yeah. Um, so it was. And back then, we didn't really have social media. No. Which is probably no. a good thing, too. Um, yeah, it was... So you couldn't just, you know, send a mate a message or something yeah, like that. Right. And yeah. most of my friends were all, like, from racing, so we didn't really have a friendship sort of yeah. away from that. It was yeah. more so just at the track. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You didn't have that 24-7 yeah. service of send them a message or yeah. you know or you leave them a message over messenger and they're in Europe and you're here and yeah. they read it at whatever time you just know that if you're away and your mate's in Melbourne mm. we well, don't talk Yeah, I guess yeah. so I think um, yeah like I said like you're just so you were so young mm. I guess and I, I think you see it more often now with kids that are that age and you know they are going through it I guess I don't know yeah. whether it's because we're older and you take notice or whatever but I know for a fact that you know, I was pretty oblivious to a lot of stuff through high school. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I think, like, you just, I don't know, I, I just find that even at my age, I didn't pick up on it then. Yeah. And I, I don't even know if there were people around me that were struggling. So I guess, like, you being that age, you know, your mates or your schoolmates that you barely even see, mm. you know what I mean? They just, there's, and there's no, there was no, you don't get taught anything back then. No, no, there was no, there was wasn't a talked about subject at all. It, no. was, it was pretty unknown. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of people and a lot of people even older than me would even be a, a worse boat. Yeah. Um, so from, uh, I guess like, yeah, from obviously trying to take your own life, how do you bounce back from that? Or how did you bounce back from that? Obviously it's different for, for everyone. Um, I, it wasn't just one time, it was a three times over yep. a period between 17 to the last time I thought about it was 29. Yeah. Um, that's when I I really started to take strides in yep. telling and talking to other people. Um, but the first time, I, I don't think I really bounced back. I just sort of moved on with life. Yep. I just sort of tried to keep it a secret and, and moved on. Yeah. Um, and didn't try and think about it, didn't try and talk about it. Just yep. moved on with life. Um, the second time was about 20. Three. Um, same thing again. Just try to ignore it. Yeah. Try to move on with life. Didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the last time I I actually reached out um, and and spoke to my wife about it. Um, all like the thoughts I was yep. having. Yeah. And then um, I I talked to my parents about it as well. And told them this wasn't the first time, um, and that they were pretty shocked. They were, I mean, any parent. Yeah, yeah, parent absolutely. Would. Yeah. So that was at twenty nine. You yeah, told that, them that. Yeah, I finally told them. Um, so did they know about? They didn't know about the first two times. No, no. Did Tamara know about the first two times? Uh, or I'd told her about one time. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I was younger, but I hadn't told her yeah. the other times. Um, and so yeah, I finally reached out and. And told everyone and and basically told them why yep. and yep. um and how long I'd I guess I'd been feeling like that. Yep. Um and that's when I really started and when I had that support base with mum and dad and my step parents yep. and my wife and they really started to um check in on me and yep. um talk through it, that's when I probably really yep. started taking strides about actually So your last couple of years obviously you've been Pretty solid. Yeah, since. yeah. I'd say about twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, COVID probably come at a good time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> gave me time to, I guess, uh, unwind and and um, 
I guess, unpack everything. Yep. Unpack all the baggage. Yep. Um, so you owned, you owned, not saying that you didn't own the first two, but you owned this one. Yeah. Yep. And just said, right, that's that's what's happened. Yep. This is what I've actually done. Yeah. Not and just the, I guess the other the reason I didn't say anything the first two times is that I just felt guilty and, yep. and shame. Um, sort of walking around with a cloud over my head that I'd tried to do it. And, yep. Um, you know. And looking back, I mean, that's huge. And I think, I remember being at school and, you, you know, people that were above me or whatever, they... You know, a couple of people took their own life and then you're 23 and 24 and, you know, you're just so, I mean, you're still so young in the whole scheme of life. But mm. I think, like, the one at 29, for me, is like a, that, you know, that left a lump in my throat when you said just just then. Um, for me, it wasn't, it was a, a way to just, to, to end it. it yep. I was just sick of feeling like it all the time. Yep. Um, I felt like that since I was 16 and so that was my way of escaping it basically it wasn't yep. yeah that that's the only way I can explain it, it was just yep. a, just a way to just get rid of it get rid of it yeah rather than deal with it yeah um, it was an easy way out basically yep. to me yeah um, and I guess that bogs you down you've been bogged down for 12 years yeah um, was I guess we're Out of the three, mm-hmm. was the third one like your most likely chance of following through with it? Yeah, like, I, I knew. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Bad way to put it, but I knew but, what and what yeah. wouldn't work by yeah. then. Um, uh, I won't say how I did it. No, 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 I don't. Yeah. But um. Yeah. But that was like your I, most. I likely. knew. Yeah, it was gonna be once yeah. and for all. It was yeah. Gonna be finished. Um. But no, luckily it didn't work. No, oh, thank God for that. Like, there's, um, you know, that's obviously, yeah, it's pretty heavy shit. Um, and obviously, thanks for, for telling us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, obviously, not just me, to everyone that's going to listen to it. Um, and I, I strongly suggest anyone else that's thinking, even has a, have starting to have thoughts of that, to, to talk to people. Yeah, that was going to be, <laughs> that yeah. was going to be the next question. But no, that's, um, yeah, that, and after obviously discussing that and, you know, that's a pretty big thing to obviously, you've opened up to people, but this is probably going to be to thousands of people. Um, yeah, obviously, and you know, it's not something that probably happened 12 years ago and hasn't happened since. It's happened as recent as, you know, 29 years old. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, I guess the little key points in life, yeah. you've, you've had those thoughts and you've, you've been there, I guess. Like, you know, what would you tell a 17 year old Especially now with the way things are, not not like a seventeen year old so, you, because obviously yeah. there's a lot that's changed. But for someone that's seventeen right now, mm. struggling, you know, or sixteen, seventeen, and uh, maybe find, even a, out of find a good group of mates. Yep. Stay away from alcohol. It's yep. Just, just fuel for the engine in your head. It yep. was for me. Yep. Um, stay away from drugs. Yep. Just find a good group of mates. Find a goal something that you want to work towards too to give, keep your mind busy and there are going to be days where you might, your mind's not going to be busy um, and they're the days that are, that are the hardest but just find a good group of mates parents, whoever find someone to talk to and it's pretty hard to open up but once you first open up I think that's when it's you know, yeah. the yeah. hardest oh. part and then from there it's, it's I think the initial part of opening up you do it with such high emotion mm. Uh, that you just sort of, I don't know, I sort of, it just, like, my first was obviously when Chanel asked and I broke down and I didn't know what was wrong. Mm. And then, yeah, it was actually after driving home from footy training and, you know, you just, I was snapping at the at players and then you drive home thinking, fuck, I could probably easily drive my car into that tree. Mm. You know what I mean? And then... I think that's the worst time when you have time to think and... Oh, and especially if you've just been down and you don't know why. <coughs> yeah. And then you just, the first time you open up, you're so emotional. Mm. But I think it's once you actually, for me anyway, personally, it was when I told someone and I wasn't fully worked up and rock bottom and all the rest of it. I think it was like the, the time after when I actually sat down and was like, right, this has happened. I think that was probably that was probably when it hit home more. I think like obviously that initial breakdown, you're like, fuck. Yeah. But I think it's the time after when you actually, when you're, when you're probably more steady minded. Yeah. And you can actually say, hey, and I think it was like, you know, even if you're talking to the doctor 
and it's your GP, I guess. Yeah. You know, some of the actually go to, however frequently, but I spoke to my doctor and I was actually like, right, bang. And I, as soon as I told her, and I was like, right, yep, that's actually happened. Yeah. I think for me, it was like the time after was when it actually sunk in. When you're not running so high on emotions. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so 17 year old, 16 year old, 17, just find decent mates. Yep. You talk, know, obviously. Talk to someone. Talk to someone. Um, and go, if you're afraid to go to the doctors, go with someone. Yep. Um, just, yep. yeah, seek help. Especially in a school now, there yeah. are people left, right, and centre that. Yep. Yeah, especially, and they're good people because, um, like, I think you're doing something like that. Yeah, I'm going into SSO work again, yeah, so. That's, that's so good. Um, back when I was at school, you know, SSOs weren't really a, a, a thing. No. Um, no. So, and to have, like, young people such as yourself who have gone through stuff yourself, yep. it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, and I think it's, like, this is probably the biggest part I want to take with me. Um, you know, obviously, the, the best part about working in school is building relationships with the kids. Yeah. Because, like, you literally, and I've said, <laughs> like, I love pouring beer. It's great. But, like, a bad day at school is way better than any good day at the pub. Yeah. And that's what I've found, like, obviously, even over the last, yeah, 12 to 18 months. Like, mm. you just build it. And, you know, you see these kids, obviously, working at Reedy Park, you see these kids walking down the street, they're like, Luke! Yeah. Hey, going on, hey. And the parents are looking at me like, what is going on here? But they're like, oh, you used to work at school. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's this is the part that I want to take with me. And, you know, you, you're trying to impact these 16 and 17 year olds, and you, you want that. You want them to, you know. I started um, helping out at a local youth group as well. And I get more out of that than, yeah. feel more accomplished out of that than anything else yeah. I do. Um, whether it's, you know, a kid probably feel the same whether a kid's had a bad day or if they've had something really good happen and you're their um I guess like their first point of call to yeah. talk to it it's yeah yeah well I had that and it's like yeah it's just something you'll never feel like obviously mm. I mean outside of your family life is I had kids and obviously yeah it, they were having real bad days or real bad times they'd come and find me yeah or they would finish something in the classroom and they'd come and find me because mm. they had to show me they had to show me that this is what I did or yeah, I'd come find you before I went off the rails basically yeah. so um, so as as far as 23 24 25 year olds mate I guess like okay. you know and, and I guess the biggest thing is you, you're 23 you haven't met your goals or your dreams haven't mm. panned out what's your advice to a 23 year old 24 year old um not to put your identity in sport that's i think that what i take away from it now at 32 yeah um i'm actually getting back just getting back into racing now um and purely just for the for the love of it yeah um whether i'll do well again don't really care yeah it's just for the love of it um um so yeah as a 23 24 year old don't put your identity in sport or you know, anyone or anything, um, just, yeah, that, that doesn't make you who you are. And, and yeah. just because, you know, say, want to be a, go play AFL or whatever, and it doesn't happen, it's, the world's not over. No. There's there's so much else you can do. Yeah. Um, and to just slow down a bit, yeah. that was the other big thing, I think, just to take a step back and... Enjoy being 23. Yeah, enjoy being... Enjoy being age, you know, don't go writing yourself off, but just enjoy yep. 23, 24. It goes really quick. <laughs> um, way too quick. Way too quick. Um, enjoy the little things. Yeah. Um, and the big things too. But Enjoy yeah. your mates. Yeah, enjoy yeah, enjoy your mates, because you look back at 32 and, um, you know, whether you're still friends with people at this age or not, um, just to enjoy the good times. Because later you'll look back and you'll go, oh, shit, that was, yeah. that was a really good time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I look back now on a few times where I've been with mates and we've done, whether it's something silly or whether yeah. it's just something fun. Um, and you think like, wow, like that was... That was good th time. They were the good days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I think, like, going back to your sport thing, like, I find... I haven't missed out on a lot because of football, mm -hmm. but I've said no to a lot because of football. Yeah, I was the same. Um, and, you know, like, even with now, like, 
last year. Obviously, I was coaching footy, which is full time job. Yep. But Chanel went to the Wiggles, took the kids to the Wiggles, and I yep. didn't go. Yeah, I certainly missed out on a lot of stuff as a kid, especially my parents never pushed me to no, try and be the no. next Formula One star yeah. by any means. Um, it was just something that just I had always wanted to yeah. do, um, yeah. whether Formula One, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, it's just always wanted to be a race car driver since I yeah. was a kid. Um, and yeah, I missed out on things too, like kids' birthday parties, that stuff like stuff like yeah. that you need to yeah. do as a young kid. Um, yeah. You know, concerts or yeah, festivals and girlfriends, whatever. Yeah, doing well at school. Um, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you miss out on things, and it, it's yeah, that's probably the, the yeah that you don't realise until yeah. you get later on in life, and yeah. especially if you have kids like yourself. Yeah, things like that you miss out on birthdays yeah. or whatever. And I think like yeah, obviously I don't regret not going to the Wiggles because I'm coaching footy and always wanted to coach footy and all that yeah. stuff. But I think coming out of the backside of that, being twenty eight. I'm like, there is so much more to do yeah. in football. Like, yeah. you know, um, which I still like footy mm. and still play it because I love it, but it's not the be all and end all for me anymore. Yeah. Um, yep. Which I'm glad I've actually finally realised that. Yeah, it, it, I think you have to go through that to. Yeah, to oh, definitely. It. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, because then you go the other way, and if yeah. you don't put enough in. And that's that's what I, you when you asked I mean? the like question about gratitude, I think that's yeah. one thing I'm grateful for is that I didn't get what I wanted because yeah. I don't know what it would have been like. Yeah. So now I'm really yeah. grateful for the whole whole journey. Oh, and I guess at least you're probably not sitting here saying, "Shit, I wish I gave that a red hot crack when I was 18." Mm. Um, obviously, yeah, you've been through a hell of a journey, but not because of it, because of that and a lot of uh, other things. But mm. I can sit back and say that I've you know I've had a crack at footy and I've had a crack at cricket and I've yeah. had a crack at basketball. And, I can actually sit here at 28 and say, I've actually had a crack. Yeah. You know what I mean? At least I'm not sitting here like, shit, I wonder what would happen if I did this or mm. I did it. Like, you know what I mean? I, you know, I probably could apply myself more to footy with fitness and everything, but, um, you know, I've played A-grade cricket and I've played A-grade football and I've, you know, at least I can sit here and say, I had a crack. You can mm. sit here and say you had a crack at karting. Didn't yeah. work. Yeah. But you can sit back now and say, actually, didn't work. Let yeah. it go. At least you're not sitting here thinking, oh, I wonder if, mm. I wonder if. And I think, you know, it's easy for us to say now, but stay out of school. Mm, for sure. I finished at year 11, and, like, I worked my ass off to, you know, manage a pub or get back into schools out of everything. But I think, like, you know, for me, minimum year 11, yeah, like, you need, to, you need to, whether you want to be there or not, there are pathways as well now, which is even better. Yeah, I, I was one of the, uh, I think... It was two or three of us that did the EL. Oh, yeah. It was not ELC, but the outside yeah. Yeah. year 12 thing. Um, so part of my job was my year 12 yeah. project, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. And that was a condition of me getting my job was I had to finish year 12. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think that's like that's a massive part of it, even is just, just get through, like, you know, I mean, obviously do year 12 if you can. Mm. Do year 11, but then work your ass off. Yeah. Like, I think you still need to actually... To an extent, whether you got footy going on or you got work, well, work's a big thing, you, mm. you know. Unless it's something that's set in stone, you're good to go, that's what you want to do, yeah. go for it. But I think school's still a big part of it. Yeah. And you by know. all means, if you want to be a, a sports star, then, then work at it too. But oh, absolutely. But don't um, don't make it everything. No, nah, especially, I mean, obviously, being you know a big follower of AFL, clubs actually want kids that finish... Year eleven or yeah. year twelve, like it's actually a big part of it yeah. now. Which, you know, a fair bit of that's changed from fifteen years ago, where they could just roll out at sixteen and play AFL, and that's yeah. the end of it. Or yeah, you know, my, twenty years ago. My so, parents always said, yeah. that no matter what I do, just to always have a, a backup, whether it was a trade yeah. or a qualification or something, was just to have something in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's yeah. I left at year eleven. I was actually good at school. <coughs> I just talked too much, which. Hence the reason I've got a podcast. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just I just got to year 11, walked in first day of year 12, yep. about quarter past nine, I messaged mum and said, done. Done it up. <laughs> and she just said, get a job. Yep. My first job was uh, a duty manager at Red Rooster. Yeah. But people look at that and were like, what the fuck? But literally, you learn how to manage people, deal with money, yep. fast-paced environment, mm. and then, you know, you outgrow that. And, you know, even little things like your stock take and all that, where yeah. you just, and once you start managing kids, you learn so much about them. Then all of a sudden, yeah. I was coaching footy and, you know, coaching 15 year olds and 
You literally just set me up for where I want to be now. Yep. But I work my ass off. Mm. You finish your 11, you have to bust your butt. Um, so going back to, obviously that was, yeah, back to where we're at now. Um, someone that's obviously, you know, you've had those thoughts at 29, mm-hmm. uh, which basically is nearly my age. Mm-hmm. What would you tell a 29-year-old? Especially our day and age now, I guess, where there's a lot going on that you get a lot of support. Start again. There's a lot of support available. Yeah. Don't be afraid to speak up is the first one. Um, It's pretty... For me, um, it was... That was the hardest part, was initially telling people. Yeah. And then from there, whether you want to seek professional help or not... um, it's a personal thing yep. for me I didn't want to go back down that route yep. didn't really tick the boxes that I was after yep. um, but once you know I told my family of you know what had happened and why they really um, they were really really supportive yep. of, and and checked in on me and like when I even told my parents I first not, long, not so long ago at the start of the year that I wanted to go back to racing they're like why if that's how it made you feel the first time why do you want to go back to that and i guess part of it is part of the journey going back yeah um coming full circle um sort of like a bit of a victory over it i guess but i've found that love for it again yeah um but yeah advice for 29 year olds just speak to someone yeah someone you're comfortable with whether it's whoever um and yeah two Seek professional help if yeah. that's the route you want yeah. to go. What do you do to get through your days, mate? To get through my days. So And obviously like Yeah, this is obviously two two at work or Oh just just in general, like this is coming from me and you yeah. who are both, you know, on um, one side of thirty, you're the other side of thirty and you still do have your bad days. Yeah. Like, yeah, there are sure. absolutely no bad days. No, nah, there's like, no such thing as sunshine around. That'd be those. that'd be great. That would That's be. the dream. Like, but yeah, I'm just gonna throw that out before yeah. is we have our shit days. Yeah, I still have like, bad days. But I've yeah, I'll get back into that in a minute. But like it's just like just minimising it, I think. Yeah, like, minimising stuff, focusing on the small stuff like the small little um, victories or goals that you yep. tick um, whether that's you know for me um, one thing I really appreciate in the morning is going to get a cup of coffee yep. a good cup of coffee yep. um, and then usually uh, obviously work and yep. then after work it's coming home seeing my dogs taking them for a walk yep. going to the gym um, working with a personal trainer yep. um, just really enjoying that um, it's easy to say I'm gonna buddy. it's easy to say that exercise is key Exercise is fucking For me, it really was. Like, yep. me and Chanel, even like, obviously after Zeb being born, and like, we had four months of no sleep, and it was like, it was rocky times. We weren't, we weren't rocky, mm. but it was just so, something that we'd never done before because <laughs> Zeb, uh, sorry, Louis slept like, a, literally like a baby. Um, yep. But we're back into the gym, and mm. we're the same. Like, it's easy to say that exercise is key, and oh, you know, this is how I get through my day, you know, mm. exercise and, like, I'm not the fittest guy going around. But, like, even Chanel will have a fucking shit day if she doesn't go to the gym in the morning. And even, I was cranky the other day, I hadn't gone to the gym in the morning. Literally went to footy training, got home, I was happy as Larry. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to, yeah, butt in, obviously, like, no, that's, that's I think it's the first thing that people say is, like, exercise, but <laughs> literally exercise is the key. Yeah. And I think there's actually a study one of the Adelaide unis is doing about the relation <laughs> between exercise and mental health. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, I just wanted to butt in with that. No, that's like, good. It's just because, yeah, for us... It's easy to say, yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, but you can just say, oh, exercise, but it's, you know, it could be just going for a walk. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't have to go do, like, yeah, obviously, you know, we, we love CrossFit, and you've got your PT, and mm. but it's literally just going for a walk. Yeah. Like, go for a walk in the morning. Mm. And it could be just to the coffee shop. It could be just to... Yeah. I like nowhere. to, um, you know, have my tunes on. And yeah. Sort yeah. of get in my own world, and most people probably... Would say I'm in my own world normally anyway, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, sorry, I'll stop that then, but yeah, back to your just your, yeah, obviously, your yeah, that, home dogs. that gets me through my day dogs, exercise, you know, enjoying coffee, enjoying the small things, yeah, um, even if it's you know, a gloomy day like today, yeah, 
just yeah. the small small things. Um, <laughs> Excuse me. Um, what about your, I guess, the minor inconveniences now, mm-hmm. how much are they of an inconvenience to you? Does it ruin your day? Some days it ruins my day, for yep. sure. Yep. yep. 100% some days still ruins yep. my day. Um, and I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Yep. Everyone knows that I have a pretty short temper and I speak it how I say it. Yep. And I'm not afraid yep. of that. Um, so that's probably... How do you go about turning your day around, though? Like, do you, or do you get to a point where you just like, fuck it, this won't get any better? Some, I mean, days, we do have a day, some so. days is like that. <coughs> um, but then there's other days, you know, where you're having a crap day and you have an inconvenience and it feels like you ruin your whole day, but, you know, something else might good might yeah. happen, like whether it's, you know... For some people, it could be shopping in the yeah. mail or... Um, even just a message. Yeah, just a message, like, yeah. I'm, yep. I'm the same. If I get a message from Chanel and I'm actually feeling pretty shit, yep. you'd be the same as Dogs tomorrow. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, obviously we're both pretty similar in that sense. Mm. I'll find, yeah, well, we, we sent through a message that, you know, if you, you've you got the shuffle on the music and the wrong song comes on, you're a bit like, oh. Mm. But I think, you know, I love a bit of Ed Sheeran. Just Ed Sheeran love songs, mate. They yeah. just they just get me through the day, obviously. And you know, it's funny that people can listen to all kinds. Yeah. And I guess we, um, the workshop I run, um, we actually have a shuffle playlist that we both contribute to, and yeah. chuck it on the Milwaukee and crank yeah. it up. Sounds like there's a concert going yeah, on yeah, the workshop yeah. half oh. the time, but it gets you through the yeah, day. Yeah, that's right. And I think yeah, you talk about exercise and people talk about music, but yeah, I think like they're for me personally two key ones. Mm. Like obviously outside of our partners and whatever else like music and exercise is, is key mm-hmm. um, and I think even I'm not much of a, uh, a a schedule sort of guy but you know set the alarm at 5 yeah get up do what I have to do go to the gym at 5.45 yeah like if you can start your day that way yeah routine yeah, has been good for me too yeah I think if yep. you can set some sort of routine like I said I'm not scheduled to do shit but I think like as far as some sort of routine where it is whether it's just the morning mm. if I can get up and have the same morning it's great yep and then whatever happens after that um, it's sort of like whatever yeah, you know I what like I mean? routine and if, if something throws it out I get a bit yeah that's when yeah. I start to get a bit of a yeah get in a bit of a funk um but routine works good for me yeah too. yeah so definitely just yeah and the the alcohol thing again just yeah. Try and stay away from it. So do you drink at all? I still do have an occasional drink. Yeah. Um, some days I might have one or two on yeah, weekends. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, for example, yesterday I went and helped my old man doing some jobs um, on our on our van, and yeah. at the end of the day we had a ginger beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll have like you know one or two, but it's yeah. not like um, anything more than that anymore. No. And I don't drink at all during the week. Like yeah. completely stay away from it. And yeah. then weekends I might have one or two. It's sort of yeah. like a Reward, yeah, reward or a special occasion yeah. type thing. No, don't just you just feel yeah. like you have to. And for a period there, I think I realized, like when I first deliberately tried to stop drinking as much as possible, I realized that actually it was a bit of a starting to become a problem because you know, like I might have one or two each day after work because you know you want to have a knockoff drink or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And it got to a point where I was like, mm, I'm sort of relying on this yeah. each day to yeah. get me through the get day. Through the day. Um, and it was only, and it was worse because it just keep your head ticking over. Yeah. Um, and I sort of realised I had a bit of a hold on me, so yeah. I went, nah, I need to back off. Yeah. Which, yeah. And I think, like, I'm finding that more, it's probably taken me longer to adjust, I guess. I don't drink often. Mm-hmm. When I do, it's like 100 beers. Yeah, zero or 100, yeah. Yeah. And, like, I even found it, you know, and I just get to a point where if I've had, you know, four or five beers, where I'm not pissed, but I just feel like, nah, fuck it. But I, I'm just taking longer to adjust that the fact that I'm not going to wake up on a Sunday feeling the same as what I did five years ago or three years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like with obviously being medicated one, but your brain being all over the place as it is, mm. like it's just not a good mix. No, it's not. And it's easy for me to say, obviously I don't do it very often and I will still go out and have a hundred beers. Um, 
bad as it sounds, but you know, you're involved with footy and you're involved with all this sort of yeah, stuff. And, stuff. And for me, I'm like, you know, I don't do it very often. I'll wear the fact that I'm going to be shit out for the next two days after it. Mm. Um, which, for me, yeah, the good thing is I've never been stuck in that. I'm going to have a beer after work. Top. Yeah. When you're working at a pub, like there were probably days where I had a drink every day. But like most of the time it was, you know, if someone's making a cocktail, mm. you know, like a test cocktail, yeah. here you go, oh yeah, yeah fuck it, I'll just have it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a, a, a reliance. I'm mm. not gonna sit at work and be like, oh, I can't wait till four o'clock to have a beer or, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just literally like, oh, I've made this, try it. Yeah, okay, mm. oh, that was pretty good. Mm. You know what I mean? I think when you can, for, for your, the journey you've been on and the effects that alcohol have had on you, mm. like I am 100% with you. Like if that's that's how you're feeling, and that's for anyone listening, if that's how you're feeling about alcohol, hundred percent cut it out. Yep. Like sure. if it's a reliance, if you need it, if you, you know what I mean. Like hundred percent, I am with you. Yep. Like I'm so glad, and yeah, like I'm so glad that's not me. Mm. Like and even having Saturdays off now and stuff. Like last night I finished footy and I had Coke Zero and come home and yeah, did whatever. Like I actually, yeah, you know what I mean. I could have actually thought, you know what. Might have two or three beers and they come home, but I just, I just can't be. And I think a lot of it is. That's probably the learning part. Is for me, if I have six beers, I'm going to wake up, literally feeling like shit, mm. and I'm not even pissed. Like you know what I mean? You you, you just you don't need it. No. And if you don't need it, don't do it. I think, and I, I think like well, that's for you. Right? And we're in the same boat. Like at the end of the day, if you do something, you think, oh yeah, I'm going to have one or two. Mm. That's great. But yeah, it's just. Be prepared to wear the consequences as well if you are. Yeah. If you are going to do it, if you even if you're not medicated, it's gonna fucking throw you. Mm. Unfortunately, like it's just the way it works, and it's not the answer. No. That's the one thing we'll definitely both agree on. I it's, heard it's uh, not the answer. Pretty good quote one day when I was talking to one of my friends. He said like anything that you're searching for is not going to be in the bottom of a bottle. Yep. Yep. That stuck with me. That's yeah. Pretty much the whole way. Absolutely. That's absolutely something to live by. Because that was probably the one of the things that helped me stop yep. drinking as much as possible. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you're yeah. not, not going to find your no. asses in the bottom of a bottle. No, and that's definitely like, yeah, like I said, we can both 100% agree on that. Is, you know, <laughs> if you're having a bad day, that is not the answer. No. Going home having five beers, 10 beers is not the answer to make you feeling better. Like, that is literally go home, go for a walk, or go home and play the PlayStation or go home and yeah. watch TV. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, thanks again, Ben, for coming on. Um, thanks for opening up, obviously, firstly to myself through the messages and stuff. Uh, secondly, massive props for doing it on a podcast, Jeez. which is gaining a fair bit of traction. Um, yeah, obviously if anyone's, Needing, you know, some advice, some help or whatever. Um, I'm obviously pretty open to it. Yeah, Ben's probably too. pretty open to it. He's got a lot more life experience than I do. Um, so feel free to obviously send us a message and, you know, sure. we'll, we'll definitely do as much as we can to help you help whoever. Yep. You know, and that's the biggest thing is male or female. Yeah, and um, that's the other thing, like, talking to other males, it's pretty hard. Yeah. You feel, I don't know if it's, like, less blokey or what it is, but, yep. yeah, I'd, yep. I'd strongly suggest yeah. That you're comfortable with, or even if you're not comfortable with them, just someone that's been through it themselves. Yeah. Don't be afraid to reach out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, I just want to throw it out there as well, just before wrapping it up, is unfortunately that that feeling of weakness mm. is going to be there. Yeah. Um, I've actually, yeah, I spoke to someone through the week because I asked about myself and and whatnot, and I've said, yeah, the weakness, I felt weak. Mm. And you know, we we all say it's not weak to speak. It is 100% not weak to speak. But that initial feeling of weakness is more than likely going to be there. Yep. It will pass. It will 100% pass. Mm. Uh, you actually, that weakness turns into strength. Uh, I've found more strength opening up, telling people, talking to people, posting on social media. Obviously, I'm big on social media with that side of things. Um, I just want people to know that it's, it's normal. Mm. You know what I mean? So um, if you do want to, you know, shoot us a message or you know you do have people that you can reach out to and if you haven't opened up to them yet or whatever it is do it 
yes, you probably will feel like you are feeling some sort of weakness. It will pass. It will turn into strength. And, yeah, just seek help, guys, if you do do feel that way or you do feel like you need to talk to someone. It doesn't have to be a professional, just someone that you, you're comfortable with. Um, and, you know, going back to that sporting side of things, if there's someone at your sporting club, yeah, which, you know, some clubs are now employing or, you know, volunteers are being that welfare manager or, you know, the, the wellbeing person. So definitely hit them up. Um, but, yeah, other than that, can't thank you enough, Ben. This thank has you. been a uh, hell of an experience. Um, and, yeah, I think we're done. Cool. Thank you. Peace.